Joining us for a conversation is Brett Richards of Goldshore Resources, which is on a journey to become Canada's next Tier 1 gold asset. Mr. Richards, welcome to the show. Thanks, Maurice. Thanks for having me on again. Well, glad to have you on the program, as Goldshore Resources has a number of promising catalysts on the horizon for shareholders in 2024. Before we get into company specifics, Mr. Richards, you have over 35 years of building wealth for shareholders in the natural resource space. Sir, would you please share some of your wisdom and insights with us on the space, and in particular, the disconnect we're seeing between the price of gold juxtaposed to the pricing for gold mining and exploration companies? Yeah, I'm very happy to, Maurice. You know, I think in my career, I've seen three major cycles, commodity cycles, and 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 this one has been the mo- I'll say the most unusual, but also presents one of the biggest opportunities I see, and I'll speak a bit more about that in a minute. But you know, oh yeah, over my thirty-five years, I've been involved in everything from copper, cobalt, uh, uh, gold, specifically with Kinross and Avocet and Rocks Gold, and obviously now Goldshore. But um, was also I also built a diamond mine, built a copper cobalt mine, built a gold mine, and uh, and I've kind of worked internationally for um, you know for the last twenty-five years. I, I, I what I see in front of us right now is is quite unique, and and I don't have to. I don't have to reinforce to your uh, audience and your listeners how bad 2022 and 2023 were in the context of kind of the the, the, the geopolitical situation, uh, multiple situations around the world and, and world conflicts that we're starting to see emerge, as well as kind of the macroeconomic dynamic of higher inflation, higher interest rates, which are being tempered now. I think we've just seen the perfect storm come out for a number of metals. And I think we're seeing it in primarily gold. We're, we're also seeing this, the perfect storm start to develop for, for copper. And I think we're starting to see it for uranium as well. And I think this bull run that we're entering in 2024, there's no doubt about it, we're entering a major bull run here. I think um, commodities are going to do very well. And those three are going to be, I'll say, the preeminent commodities that, that outperform uh, others. I think there are there, there's an argument to be made that lithium has been oversold and it underperformed. There's an argument to be made that, that nickel will have its day, um, and, and, and I think it will have its day. But just getting back to gold and gold specifics, you know, in the, in the whole time, and I've always been a gold investor, I'm, I've always been very strong on, on the preservation of wealth that gold um, you know, emulates. I think what we've seen is the uncoupling of valuations of gold companies to where they have been historically uh, or where they have been kind of on a per ounce basis uh, based on their their resources. I look at gold short today, we're trading at $4 an ounce. Now, historically, you know, inferred resources trade anywhere from 10 to $20 an ounce um, and sometimes much higher. Uh, measured indicated trade at 50 to $100 an ounce and, and then proven improbable above that. Um, the disconnect is the valuation gold juniors are seeing, have seen in the last two years with capital leaving our industry and very few pools of capital coming in to provide liquidity necessary to advance projects. And as a result of that, there are a number of extremely undervalued companies in the, in the gold space. And yes, Goldshore is one of them. But I think that allows us to have the um I'll say the momentum to outperform not only the gold price, but also our peer group. And let's face it, we're entering an election year in the U.S. 
uh, things tend to stabilize and normalize uh, in an election year. And uh, there are a number of catalysts, I think, that the election will bring to the gold price, as well as, I'll say, the the, the, the confidence that the election results will have in, in taking risk off money and putting it risk on again into our space. So I think we're entering a very, very interesting year uh, for both gold and specifically gold shore. So is it fair to say we've hit capitulation? Yeah, I, I think so. I think we've seen the inflection point where we are going to kind of bounce off it. I think gold price has seen it, trading at you know twenty fifty today. Um, you know, we've seen it. We've seen the floor. We've seen the floor elevate from where it was at sixteen fifty, and then seventeen and eighteen fifty, uh, nineteen fifty. I think we've seen this the floor come up now, where you know it's probably more around nineteen hundred or nineteen fifty than it was sixteen fifty. So that that let's face it, that three hundred dollar adjustment in the the range that gold will trade in is a 15 percent increase which is not bad for the gold price that's that's it's doing what it's supposed to do it's supposed to act as a hedge in turbulent times and we have never seen more turbulent times than we've had and gold has been, been performing so capitulation for sure inflection we are entering a different trajectory now and that's up well sticking with gold exploration companies what are the five key criteria that one should consider before they become a shareholder in this space yeah i i've been i've been really um um fortunate in my career to um to see how these these five career uh you know um criteria you know impact the building of a mine I've, you know i've built mines in southeast asia and africa and 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 i've, I've been a part of uh, mine builds in north america and south america but i think to make things easy to make things as easy as you can make a mine build but you need certain criteria and it always starts with the people um and the people drive the um uh, the value by the decisions they make and the second thing is really about infrastructure and working in area areas that where there has been no infrastructure is extremely challenging so i can i can attest to the fact that you want projects that have access to infrastructure a it reduces capital b it speeds up the time frame in which you can build the mine and get it into a cash flow producing asset and c it is um it it, it is really meaningful when you're looking at power, roads, rail, access, international airports, access to governments, access to workforces, all of those things, you know, will dictate the speed at which you are able to build and the cost at which you're able to build it. So access to infrastructure is extremely important. I then look for the the, the, the upside, and that's the size and scale. Like how big uh, is this project? Is this deposit? Is this, you know, is this uh, junior mining company? How big uh, of a resource can, do you think, is there? You know, what is it, what are the early stage signs that point to, uh, you know, um, you know, a monster deposit? And I look for those because size and scale and potential are very important. And the fourth thing I look at is grade. I I, I think it's the most under uh, underlooked, undercooked um, criteria because grade is, you know, obviously the most important things. When it, one of the most important things when it comes to mineral economics. Yes, tonnage. Yeah, you know. Yes, um, all of the other, I'll say, economic drivers. But but grade is extremely important because you know high grade operations um, and high grade. Um, projects become real mines at the end of the day. And they, they're not sitting waiting for 
a market, a commodity market, uh, a gold price to come to them. You don't have to say, hey, this only works at $2,000 gold or $1,800 gold or whatever. It works at any gold price. And, and that's what grade does for you. And you know, I, I think grade and metallurgy kind of hand in hand. You know, your grade's great, but if you can't liberate it, um, it's not of much use to you. Um, so I think you you know grade and and metallurgy are are also quite important. So you know, it 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 leaves us to. It leaves us to, you know, that jurisdiction as well and location. And having worked in uh, parts of the world like uh, the DRC, uh, Zambia, the Congo, um, you know, uh, Congo Brazzaville, um, as well as West Africa, you know, jurisdiction is very important, you know, and it comes with, you know, the political certainty. Um, and we're in Ontario. Our project is in one of the, the, the greatest jurisdictions in the world. So really, you, when you wrap it all up, it's, it's really people. It's place, location, it is uh, size and scale, it's grade and metallurgy and it's access to infrastructure. And I think that's what I look for as an investor when, I, um, when I'm investing in projects. I have right now about 25 junior mining companies uh, in my portfolio and they all have to tick about uh, above a 90 um, uh, out of 100 on, on those, those criteria. Um, and, and, and 85 to 90 is kind of where I, uh, where I, where I look for today. Can we go back to grade for just a second and keep it germane to gold? What are the, what's the grade that you're looking for on an open pit versus an underground? mine operation yeah it's just speaking generically um mm -hmm. there are open pit operations uh gold open pit operations in the world that that work at a, a lower grade let's call it 0.5 or 0.6 or 0.7 but but they tend to be driven by volume and you there is a cost curve between volume and 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 grade that you know it, it it comes with high risk because there's a lot of capital that has to be required to, to build a you know a high volume 60 70,000 ton a day project at 0.5 uh, it's economic it produces a lot of ounces but you have to get over that fixed cost threshold and uh, and that's volume i think at the the higher you go closer to a gram you know the easier it is to work in this gold price environment and if you're over a gram i think um i think it, it becomes much more meaningful and let's face it you know the difference between one gram and 1.2 grams doesn't sound like a lot as a number but it's 20 percent more grade and 20 percent better economics and 20 percent more mpv 20 percent better irr it is really really important because the numbers are so, so small the the uh, the adjustments or the increases um in grade can really elevate the uh the the economics at the end of the day so i think in this gold price environment you you need you need somewhere um you know close to a gram for it to work and um you know and and the upside on the gold price is really just the upside on on the project economics is not something i think we're all working to anywhere from 1750 to 1850 kind of pitch shells and um and i think that's what you know we, we're all comfortable with from a resource standpoint so um so yeah i, I think grade is tremendously important uh when, when it comes at, at this stage well for our audience members remember those numbers now one of those said companies that is selling at a deep discount and offers shareholders the virtues you just outlined is gold shore resources which hosts a six million ounce moss gold project in ontario as you stated sir mr richards for someone new to the value proposition please share the investment highlights of gold shore resources yeah um so we are as you say maurice we we are trading at a, a significant discount to uh 
uh, to not only our peers and to historical kind of valuations on on, on ounces. Um, I think the value proposition has never been better than it is today. And unfortunately, I said that in December as well, but the market hasn't moved much and we haven't seen uh, any activity just yet. Um, so when people are looking at, you know, upside versus downside protection, you know, you can you can say that, you know, gold shore is only going to get bigger and at current valuation, you know, it's trading at the lowest multiple of, of any real project that's out there that's that, that has the potential of getting built at $4 an ounce when our peer group's trading at $15 an ounce. So there's a three to four times multiple just to re-rate to our peer group. And that will happen. And that will happen when, when the market starts to look for gold opportunities relative to, uh, to, to other opportunities. So I think we're in for a heck of a great year when it comes to you know valuation re-rates and valuation resets. Uh, but we also have a number of catalysts this year that we're going to work on in order to maximize, um, you know, our ability to increase the share price. And, 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 and it's not just about, you know, promoting. It's actually about doing stuff on the ground that adds value. Well, Mr. Richards, take us on site to the Moss Gold Project, which is open at depth and a long strike. And give us a tour of the project and some of the investment highlights that has your team excited for 2024. Yeah, I, you know, Maurice, I, I think, you know, when we first started chatting, I, I said a long time ago that I really felt that the Moss Project was going to be a tier one asset. And I continued to, to say that mantra uh, in our presentations. And I continue to say it today. This is going to be a tier one asset in my view. So what is a tier one asset? Well, a tier one asset is a 10 million ounce minimum deposit um, at the upper uh, quartile of grade and at the upper quartile of, of uh, recovery and at the lower uh, half or lower quartile of the cost curve and uh, production profile of a minimum 500,000 ounces a year. And I think, you know, this project will get there one day. Now it may get there in phases and stages, but I, I do believe it has the potential, the resource potential to, to deliver on that. So what what's getting us excited? Why is all that? Well, we've had to move to the market a little bit last year. We started a PEA on a bigger project that was kind of more $700 million. And, you know, not unlike some of our peers where it delivers a couple hundred thousand ounces a year for 15 years. Um, but the CapEx is extremely prohibitive for when it comes to us being a $30 million company. Uh, we wouldn't be able to raise the equity to build that project. So we, we pivoted and we pivoted for good reason because the market wasn't giving us value for that. And we pivoted and we said, well, what about us looking at the scope of a smaller project, uh, so small flotation um, regrind and CIL for the sulfide associated material and heat bleaching, you know, the balance with, you know, playing with the, the cutoff grade to really kind of maximize and optimize the economics. Uh, and I say cutoff grade from, from high grade to low grade, not ore to waste. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we are investigating all of that. And I think at the end of the day, um, we will, we will draw a conclusion irrespective of how, the, what the market is looking for. We will draw a conclusion as to where we think this needs to go to maximize the value. And I say that because I think you have to go through these scoping studies from the highest size to the lowest size and say, you know, what is the best approach for us? What is going to drive value for shareholders? And we're not there yet, but we will get there. But along the way, 
you know, we, we have some answers and some boxes to check. And the first one is we are going to put out an updated mineral resource estimate um, probably next week, the end of next week, something like that, but certainly before the end of January. And that mineral resource update, um, you know, as far as guiding the market, what we've done is we wanted to remodel the low-grade material to give us a greater degree of confidence in the grade distribution of this deposit. Because if you remember, 55% of the deposit is at 1.84 grams. So it's extremely high grade relative to open pit, uh, open pit projects uh, in Canada. So 1.84 grams. We're trying to find a way to maximize that. So, and we wanted to better understand and model the low grade so that we have a total resource that is, we have confidence in that is going to be the basis of a real project. And we had it and, and you know, we just we just want to you know even tighten that up and tighten up the integrity of that resource. And, and I think what we're probably going to be left with is maybe lower tonnage and a slightly slightly higher grade. That was the aim at the end of the day is to optimize and maximize grade. And and as we we've talked about, grade is extremely important to uh, to these projects and to the mineral economics of these projects. So that's the first process we're going through. The second process is um, understanding whether the low grade material can be heat leached. So we're working with a company in the U.S. Caps Cassidy in order to uh, do the the metallurgical test work and the column testing necessary to understand you know the the heat leachability of this material because being able to heat leach. Um, and even at a 50 to 55% recovery gives us a lot of optionality on scoping a project, either a flotation project or a whole or leach process. Um, you know, it gives us a lot of flexibility. And, you know, knowing um, the, I'll say the recoveries of various process methods is key to, you know, optimizing and maximizing what the project ultimately looks like. So that's the second real driver. And then I think coming out to the market and saying, this is what we're going to do. And then getting a drill program funded. And we're talking to, if you remember back in November, we brought in um, um, a a strategic investor mm -hmm. and we've been in discussions with that strategic investor uh all of january and they are as uh, bullish and i'm positive on this project than than i am they're just as bullish and they're saying let's drill let's get the drills turning let's get this defined right you tell me there's a a, a tier one resource here let's go let's go prove your thesis let's go prove your concept and we need to drill and we need to do it in a smart way because raising capital at a very low share price, you, you need to be very careful on you know not blowing out the cap structure. So, so all of these strategic uh, initiatives and catalysts that we're working on for 2024, I think are going to hit the hit the the market at the exact right time. We see that this market uh, gain some momentum, um, you know, during this election year. So, a lot of positives that you know we and our group uh, have been working on over the last six eight months defining what the, that drill program will look like based on high probability results and historical drilling and all the geochem work and mapping and field work we did this past summer it's all coming to uh, to uh, deliver a, a drill program for us that uh, i think is going to be very exciting for 2024 going back to the updated mineral resource estimate i don't know if you can share this because it's you know it's a forward-looking statement but are we looking at an indicated on this as well or is it going to remain in the inferred can you share that if not i understand yeah no i i think i can share uh, you know what what our goal was and i think
think our goal was to, to bring, you know, somewhere order a magnitude of a million ounces up into indicated 20%, something like that. That was our goal. And, and, and how do we look at the historic data? Um, how do we, you know, give that uh, a certain degree of probability? How do we look at current data and some of the twinning we did and some of the new holes we drilled? How does that all incorporate into the model at a, obviously a higher probability? And, you know, our goal was to kind of remodel that, that low grade. If you remember, um, we have two grade distributions. We have around 55 or 45% of our material with a kind of average grade of, let's call it 0.5. Um, and we have 40, 55% of our material with an average grade of, of let's call it uh, 1.8, uh, you know, 1.8, 1.84. Um, and when you merge them, we have just over a gram combined. So, so it's a bit of a roller coaster grade distribution, a lot of low grade, a lot of high grade. And this is what's driving our, our thought process when designing a plant or a process to, uh, to, um, to extract. And, and I think this is why we need a better understanding of the low grade. And yes, some of that's going to come up into indicated. Uh, yeah, we have a goal, but uh, let's see, um, let's see uh, you know, where we where we land next week. But but you know, I, I have a high degree of confidence that this that this MRE is is um, going to form the basis of you know how we look at getting to ten million ounces. This is now going to be the first piece of the the puzzle that is going to allow us to get um, take a path to ten million ounces. So to summarize, we have an updated MRE, which is pending possibly next week, new strategic partners that are very excited about the value proposition, and then also an updated PEA possibly as well, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, and again, I, I've been trying to guide the market as to the timing of it, and, and I, I'm still a little apprehensive about putting a month or a quarter to it, um, <laughs> simply because getting through the MRE um, and getting the results of that, getting the results of the heat bleach testing will probably be May. Um, and then I think we have to really sit down and scope out um, what it is we want to achieve at the end of the day. And, you know, a small phase one project, you know, the market might say, yeah, you can you can finance it and you can build it. And that's great. But, you know, where do we think value is going to come from? If, if we want to define a 50,000 ton a day project and, you know, one and a half billion dollar CapEx um, that delivers a two billion dollar NPV, then why wouldn't we do that? And so the, the, the permutations of scoping what the, the MRE is going to look like really needs to be calibrated when we get a little closer. Once we get all this information, we'll be able to, to talk about, you know, what the what the, the, the what, what a PEA looks like as far as scope goes, because we've gone through the exercise already of looking at small scale state phase one and a larger uh, scale project, whole or leach for everything. And I think the heat bleach testing is going to allow us a, a permutation that we haven't explored yet, heat bleaching, whole or leach, and possibly also flotation. So uh, I'm again, I'm excited to see the, the results of this because those types of companies are trading at $40, $50 an ounce. And that's a $200 million company for Goldshore when we're sitting at $30 million today. And I, that, that that excites me because I can deliver the value that we've always talked about to our shareholders. Even our original shareholders who came in on the very first uh, financing at 65 cents, I will deliver a return. Well, I find this so, so intriguing. I wish I could be a fly on the wall as you're having these discussions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Multi-layered question. What is the next unanswered question for Gold Show Resources in 2024? When can we expect to answer and what will determine success? I think I'm going to answer them backwards. I think success for us this year is 
starting on that path to 10 million ounces. And that is that is going to take more people. It's going to take you know more resources. It's going to take more capital. It's going. It may well take different people. It may well take you know a different uh, strategy in a drill program. And I think success at the end of this year looks like hey, we have defined what we've always said we are, and that is a tier one asset. And we've just taken one or two or three major steps to getting there. Because on the back of a large drill program. Obviously, there will be another resource estimate come out uh, in the future, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe a year from now, maybe 18 months from now. But those will be the, the next catalyst that really define what we are. And, and that is, I think, um, the next tier one asset. So that's what success looks like. How do you get there? And, and, and this is the question that, that we all talk about all the time. And some of them can be optics and, I, and, and some of them can be perception. And some of them can be historic and legacy. And, and, and I think we get all that. You know, we are first and foremost investors in this company. I am first and foremost an investor. I want exactly what everyone else wants out of this um, out of this investment, and I want to make money, and I want to make money for my shareholders. And that's first and foremost. So, and if I can if just interject, for, if I can just interject yeah. there, I can vouch for that. You and I have discussions offline, and you're very passionate about Gold Shore Resources shareholders. I want to emphasize that the shareholders. You're you're deeply uh, concerned about making sure that they're taken care of, not just today, but in the future. So sorry to interrupt you, but I had to just make sure nope. I got that point across. Yeah, it's, and it's a good point, Maurice. I talk to our shareholders, whether that's uh, you know an elderly lady that has 100,000 shares or whether it's a major institution that has 5 million. I talk to them every day. And I and I want people to to know um, you know what that you know it's not just my commitment it's the commitment of my entire team and 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 you, you won't hear this from many CEOs but you know I want again I want what is best for our shareholders or for our investors and if it means you know changing the team up you know if it means changing the the the, the pieces on the chessboard to deliver that value to deliver it but let's face it everybody has different skill sets at the end of the day so. I am the, the the you know the first proponent of of, of coming up with a dynamic that that works and, and there are very few um, there are very few people I think could disagree with that because you know I, I I think having the people that's the number one criteria in a successful company having the people to drive this um, is is great we've been at it now for going on three years in June so you know sometimes you need to change the tires on the car sometimes you need to paint it sometimes you need to change the engine but whatever that is a car is going in the same direction and i think our company is going to go through some of that change we brought in a strategic investor they want to help um drive the value in this company and this is what we asked for you know we asked for this six eight ten months ago and it was very difficult to find but now we have it now we can move forward and i think exciting times for 2024 and you know, I can't uh, I can't underestimate um, you know where where we are positioned right now. Um, I, I can't I can't overestimate um, where I think uh, we could be at the end of the year because I I think this is the year we can outperform a the market be our peer group and we can get re-rated to a valuation that is more aligned with where we should be in, in today's market. Well, leaving the project site, let's look at some numbers, sir. Please provide the capital structure for Goldshore Resources. Yes, I, I believe we are up to kind of yeah 260 kind of million shares out 
Um, we've had to do some financings down at 10 cents. Um, it wasn't uh, pretty and it wasn't uh, easy to do given where we have raised money in the past. But hey, this is the market work. And, and, and we, we had to do it. And, and I, I don't regret doing it because you know, we, we, it provides the, the resources to keep the story going and keep the work doing that we're doing. And I think it's extremely important. I don't want to be a company that, you know, turns off the lights, goes on care and maintenance. Um, but you, you need capital and you need capital for those things. So we've got about 200, I call it 260, 270 million shares out trading at 10 cents today. Uh, I think it's, you know, great value to, to get in. Um, I, I think there's, there's some important things here. You know, we have our strategics are around 10% today. Um, we have other shareholders, uh, insiders, board and management, um, uh, probably around 10% today, 11%. And we have, uh, uh, um, you know, the, the strategic entity that wants to increase its position. Um, I think the, the dynamics for, for, you know, our, our cap structure slowly entering a period where we'll raise the money for drilling with, uh, with our strategic and then do it again. Unfortunately, it tightens up the market for the retail market and people will not be able to participate in private placements. They will not be able to participate in in, um, in, in fundraising. They're going to have to get exposure to gold store through buying through the market. And 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 um, that is, uh, that's a, a good place to be for gold store and for shareholders. Now, the stock had a disappointing year in 2023 and some of that had to do with one of the strategic partners selling and yet, you know, the answer to that is, of course, you have a new strategic partner looking to add to their position but can you kind of comment on that for us yeah great question um so back in uh, i think it was april of last year westome indicated uh, their interest in selling non-core assets in order to kind of generate capital for themselves and they they were in a uh, their balance sheet uh, was required it so um and we have open dialogue with uh, with them on their position and 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 their their interest in selling we were able to cross um around 31 million shares 36 million shares sorry uh back in december um and so there's a lot of appetite to 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 take them uh, to take their piece out and we will probably have one more cross to do because gold, i believe they still own 19.6 million shares and they still have one payment left at feasibility study or june of 2025 which is not very far away it's 18 months away uh, of another um 12 and a half million shares so i think we'll be working to to cross them uh and you know west Dome, they, they they you know they 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 have to look after their best interests i get it um and they've been very very good working with us on collaborating with us on on how they do that and how they how they um they have a liquidity event to uh, uh with their stock now our strategic bought some of that and they will probably continue to buy more of that and i think that again sends a great message to the market that we have a multi-billion dollar fund that is committed to going all the way with us um, and will provide the equity to do so along the way. You, you can't ask for a better partner than that. You just illustrated something that is paramount, I believe, in this space uh, without even probably realizing you just shared it. But so often, speculators in this space, they follow an interview, they like the value proposition, they buy the stock, and then they don't keep up with the company, they don't read the press releases, they don't uh, correspond with the CEO, and the share price drops. Here we have a situation where the share price dropped and 
It had nothing to do with the merits of Gold Shore Resources. None. You had a strategic partner that was looking to, that was needing capital themselves. So they sold shares in non-core assets that they had. Had no, <laughs> it, it, there's no relationship with the merits, the virtues of Gold Shore Resources. The, the end result is it's called a sale. And that sale begets another sale because that person that's not keeping up with the companies in their portfolio, they sell because the price went down. And I am one of those buyers, as you know, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I have been adding to my position. I will continue to add to my position. So I, um, I'm looking forward to 2024. Now, before we close, sir, what keeps you up at night that we don't know about? Oh, that's that's a great question, and and I I have been asked it before. But you know, I I the market has been the 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 key thing that that keeps me up at night because of the, the it's so disconnected to reality, and I think we're going to see a bit. Uh, closer to reality come back to us in 2024 and in 2025 and to a certain degree it will um be uh, it will be um impacted and affected by who wins the, the u.s election um and i think for gold you know have, one outcome will be good and the other outcome will be great they're both going to be positive outcomes and we are sitting in a position to benefit from that and we are advancing the asset so you've got compounding positive events happening for gold and for gold shore so it, it keeps me up at night you know when you when when we, when we see such volatility in the market to headlines you know you see a headline boom you know the gold juniors go off five to seven percent you see another positive headline or you put drill results out nothing happens so the liquidity events that happened in 2023 and 2022 but more more so last year were people looking to become liquid and they did it on high liquidity events like press releases so so you know a, a press release would come out and your share price would go down it would trade five times volume and we saw that right across the board with a lot of people so i i don't think i don't think that um this year is going to perform like that i think we're going to see pools of capital start to move from sectors into natural resources and yes oil and gas as well but they're going to move into our sector where they have his the last seven years we have had no new capital fresh capital come back i think we're going to see that in 2024 and as a result of that we're going to see a bit more reality we're going to see this recoupling of gold equities to gold price dynamics of, of days gone by last question sir what did i forget to ask um i don't think i think we've covered everything maurice i think you know at the end of the day investors want to feel like there's something you know positive coming and you can talk about it, but you can also illustrate it in, you know, what drives the market, what drives gold price, what drives gold equities. And I just don't think you're going to see that better perfect storm, as I described it, where all of those dynamics are, 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 is a lot of wind in the sale of gold equities today. The macro, I'll say the macro, the, the geopolitical situation in the U.S. election that's about to occur, all of these things are going to, to bode very well for gold and going to bode very well for gold shark. Pick your asset. Uh, be very 
uh, be very, I'll say, cautious that the criteria you're evaluating projects on, you know, ticks those boxes because you can have an asset in a foreign country and you want exposure to gold and they maybe have a lot of it, but you don't know the political dynamics of the leadership. You don't know if there's going to be a military coup. You don't know the people running it. You don't know a lot of things about it. It's not a good investment. Invest in what you know. Invest in the criteria that, that will ultimately drive value. And, um, you know, I, I think that is that is the most important, I'll say, message to to investors. You know, be do your due diligence and and, and make sure that your answers, um, your questions uh, are answered and, and those answers are acceptable. So I leave you with that, Maurice, and thank you for having me on again today. Oh, great words of wisdom. Mr. Richards, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Wishing you and Gold Shore Resources the absolute best in 2024. The information presented on Proven and Probable is provided for educational and informational purposes only, without any express or implied warranty of any kind, including warranties of accuracy, completeness, or fitness for any particular purpose. The information is not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice, or any other advice. You should not make any financial, investment, or trading decision based on any of the information presented without first undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional broker or competent financial advisor.